What would you say you do here? You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. There are no more shenanigans, no more tomfoolery, no more ballyhoo. Oh, boy. Yeah. It's been a couple weeks. It has. So much has happened. My mother did come for a visit. And I do apologize, but I don't think she wasn't too into coming on air and recording. So she just, oh, yeah, it was you, kind of a you thing. didn't bring it up. I didn't bring it up. I wasn't really in the mood for other reasons. And you, right. probably, you probably knew that, but I know you're with your mother also. Did you ask her? Yes. And she goes, I don't think so. She's like, I don't Which to me, I've known my mother literally right. my entire life. Right. Um, so she was in town for how many days? Seven. Seven days. Yeah. Uh, that's, which that's we'll get great. into what we did. Like, there's some goofy shit, but um, I do wanted to take care of some business because it's been a few weeks. Uh, the Cellar Door Beer and Wine Bar downtown Kingman, Arizona, uh, has new summer hours. Tuesday and Wednesday, they open at 4. It used to be 1 o'clock. Okay. Now they're opening at 4, Tuesday and Wednesday. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, they're open at 3. Which used to be and also 1 o'clock? Yes. So basically what they've done is they backed it up a couple hours during the weekdays. Yes. Okay. And uh, still closed on Sundays, but open for events and private bookings, from what I understand. Uh, this wait, wait, hold on. So Sunday, they could be open for a private booking on Sunday. You're saying? Yes. Okay, got Not it. open. They would not be open. Correct. They would be available for private booking. Got it. Um, Casey Frank, which we still, we still have not had on the... I know. That's I, card I, I, right I, up there. I anticipated still. you saying that. Idiot. He will be uh, there at the uh, cellar door on July 15th. Casey Frank's incredible, you, you guys. Like... And this to, is not a paid endorsement. He's just incredible. He's knowledgeable I, about music and everything. It's incredible. I need to give him a, an assignment, like learn this song, then we'll have you on. I, look, we'd have him on anyway. But I'm right. going to try to hold it, hold it over his uh, head a little bit. Like learn this song, play it publicly, and then we'll have you on. Oh. Which probably would be willing for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say. What would it be for there, you? There, there you, it is. You, I'm going to put you on the spot. If you can't think of one, that's fine. But if you had, had a song for him to learn, you know, this is how, how much I am a good friend. I would actually, it would also be willing just to see the look on your face. Okay. All right, fine. Like someone do a dynamite rendition of it. But, I mean, I don't know. Um, did, did you know all uh, that? I'm not going to go into it now, but the whole New Year's Eve thing, when they, they played Willen, like approaching midnight, that's when my father was sick or just passed away. Yeah. When, yeah. when, when Scott and Nancy owned it. Yes. Can you remember that yeah. happened? And I swear, because they knew I, and I looked at them and I thought, you guys did this. This is unbelievable. And she was, it was true she didn't do it. She's like, no, we didn't. She would have said something like she would have smiled and said, this is for you and I hope you yeah. appreciate it. She went, and she was still working because I don't know. Went, wow, that's crazy. And then that April, like he died in April. So early April, I went and skied up at, uh, what the fuck is it here in uh uh, Snowball. Thank you. Yeah, Flagstaff. And it was like the last weekend they were open, and I went up there, and I skied several runs and was drinking a lot because that's what you do at ski lodges. And the fucking band there, this is right before I went, when my father passed away, the band played Willen right there on the fucking deck, which is kind of a, it's not a number one rated, it's a great song. It's a great song. It's not it's, a popular song. It's not a popular song, and, and, and the majority of people that do know it, that remember being a hit in the 70s, it's not from Little Feet. Right. It's because of Linda Ronstadt. Correct. So I believe And it, it wasn't even a number one hit for her. It was like a top, it was like a top 30 hit. So I believe, I think in order, it was like New Year's Eve when he was sick, and then early April, and then he passed away April 20th. You know, that on, you know, I, heard, I, I went, I can't, I was blown, I was just sitting there. I'm not a religious person, and, and I'm thinking to myself, maybe there is something to who this this whole 
God thing. I don't know. <laughs> or, or something along those lines. It's a spiritual thing or something. It's like I, I, was just, I just sat there in disbelief that they were playing Willen on the, t- the last weekend they were open, and I was about to go like a day or two back to Atlanta. And that's one of his favorite songs. I couldn't. I, I was just gobsmacked. Gobsmacked. Right. Smacked anyway, by gob. Anyway, that's the, that's the song that I would have. So, Mr. And Casey Frank, Frank could learn it in about five minutes. Probably so. And probably pay, play it better than Lowell George from Little Feet Did. Well, he was just, just that high all the time. And yeah, and I don't think Casey Frank is no. ever. Uh, so, yeah, he's playing Friday, July 15th. Uh, I just actually happened to see. Wait, I'm, is that I'm, this Friday? Yes, that's this Friday. Thank you. Uh, the uh, should we go down and see him and talk to him? Would you join me, Joe? And I potentially may join you. Okay, I I I don't know yet. We don't have to walk in hand in hand across the well, street. I, I, the, one of the things I have to explain to you is that I am forty one years old. I also have to work on I Saturday. I got to trade morning. you for another model. I, gotta, I know I'm getting I gotta, too old. Too old. <laughs> I know the lease is almost up on me. It is too high a mileage. High mileage. Um, we're gonna have to charge you. you got too many yeah, miles. Yeah, it's not the one. mileage, sir. It's the. Uh, it's not the year, it's just the, the mileage. Yeah, there it is. I was going to say it's actually the years. It's the bi- it's, it's the, a little bit of both. It's not, yeah. I've been rode hard and put away wet too many times. Yep. All right, go ahead. Anyhow, uh, so f- me going out on a Friday night and, do, and and going out with you on a Friday night nets me having a miserable Saturday serving beer to the general public okay. on Saturday. But if we p- just paced ourselves and went home early. When was the last time you did that? I've done that. Oh, okay. You pacing yourself and going home. I mean, you are always welcome to leave whenever you want. Well, you can uh, too. I, I know I can too, but I'm always end up looking like the flat lever, so I just rather I'm, like just not show up. Uh, so I, get I, it. I don't. That's like a defensive maneuver. Maneuver you just don't. It kind show of up. is. Yeah. It kind of is, but also like by Friday night, I'm fucking wiped. Right. Uh, you know, especially you know a couple Fridays ago. Holy shit. So maybe you could just go there, have a couple frozen. They have that great frozen. Summertime. Oh, the frosé. Oh man. Okay. It's, too good. it's adult Slurpee. Yeah, it, it, that's exactly what it is. That's right. Adult Slurpees. <laughs> so Casey Frank on uh, on Friday, July fifteenth, mm-hmm. July sixteenth, folks. Friday. And this is getting into a main topic for me. That's this Saturday. For us. This Saturday, July sixteenth, mm-hmm. is the annual Blackbridge nineties party. Mm-hmm. So dress up. This has been numerous years the, in a row. The yeah, oh yeah, like other than. Let's see. We didn't have one in uh, 2013 because we weren't open yet in July. Um, 2014, we didn't have one because we had already had something planned. And then so 2015 uh, 2015 through this year will be like so quite a few years. Isn't it true that the 90s parties were laggards like you had 80s parties first or something? Yeah, we had an 80s party two two, uh, years in a row before we had a 90s party. Okay. And that was mostly because people... I had heard people said, ah, I don't know about a 90s party. Who cares about the 90s? And I'm like, uh, people who were born in the 80s, like myself and most of our clientele. And the 90s had some, it's a good fucking decade of music. Yeah, good decade of music. Oh, and by the way, the Swillers are playing, I've heard the set uh, set list, and they're playing so much good shit. So that means the skanky and lead chick is going to be back in town? Who? Julia, sorry. What did you call her? The skanky lead chick. She's not That's skanky. Skank- well, she, she she should shower more. She's often stanky. You, you are suggesting she should. She's stanking ass. <laughs> I will randomly text Julia and be like, "Have you washed your ass today?" And she's like, "I did." Stop it. It's her and Portia are the only two people I can get away with saying right. that to. Um, there should be like a separate bar of ass soap in the shower. There should be just ass soap and then soap. No, mm. I don't know. Just a thought. It's a marketing. Why? Why would you need ass? Why would you need special soap for your butthole? I, I don't know. I just I'm just saying it's a marketing p- 
ploy. Oh wow, we can buy ass soap. Oh, it's kind of like the, the wait a second. It would be, but it would be like ten percent, twenty percent more. Called the the, um, like the brown tax. Like there's a pink tax. <laughs> no shit, because there's a real pink tax. It's like oh, it's there a, is. Oh look, it's a women's razor. It's just a rebranded men's razor, but it's pink, so you pay the extra money. They call it the pink tax. Yeah, the yeah. pink tax. You have the brown tax. Like any ass soap costs twenty percent more. Why? Ah, eh, brown Cause tax. Because it's, it's for your ass. Because it's brown, for your brown tax. Anyway. Swillers have been learning a ridiculous amount of new songs. So it's and not no, she'll be, be back in, in town. And, is what you're saying. and she will, yes, okay. presumably. She's out of town now. Uh, and it just the sound, UP? I, Are they at the UP? I'm sorry. Are they at the UP? No, oh, they're not in Michigan. Oh, they're in Wisconsin. They're in Wisconsin. Okay. Okay. Got it. Okay. So make sure y'all show up because it's going to be ridiculous. And I'm considering going full 90s. I'm not going to divulge any more secrets, but... I'm considering going full 90s. Because mm, there are different directions you can go with in 90s. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's not going to be big teased up hair or like a side pony. I'm pretty good. Because there were a lot of big genres in the 90s you could pick, really, if you wanted to be As 90s. far as like dress goes? Yeah. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Yeah, you something, had, a little something for everybody. Yeah. You had your grunge guys, you had your skater guys, both the uh, skateboards and fruit boots, which is I was a member of the and fruit boots. And there were still big hair mafia. rock fucking bands going. Well, there were still those people clinging to that. And I always yes. feel bad for those folks that like... Because I remember being one of those youthful, you know, youths, youths, youths the two youths. making fun of the guys in, say, 94 who are still listening to fucking Warrant and and uh, Poison. Like their efforts in the early and mid 90s were just Sheriff. laughable. Yeah. <laughs> no one listens to Sheriff. What was the I know. What was the one shirt in Beavis and Buddy that the one guy had? The, Winger. Winger. Yeah. Thank you. Which. I actually just watched, uh, what is it, the brutal history of Beavis and Butthead about, there's this YouTuber that I follow, his name is Finn McKenty, he's the punk rock MBA, and he's, mm-hmm. you know, he definitely has a master's in business, and he's also a marketing consultant, and he's, but has worked with some pretty big name musical acts, but he has a one specific YouTube channel that is just, it's just a deep dive, they're usually 15 to 25 minutes long mm-hmm. on what killed new metal. Where did punk rock come from? What are the this and that? I mean, just all sorts of neat stuff. And then he goes into the marketing aspect and the mm-hmm. visuals and this and that and the other. And he did, uh, there was a brief segment of probably three or four minutes where he explained how uh, Winger became like the weak band, like the weak guys band or the sensitive guys uh, hair metal band because of Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> Their sales tanked. And I'm like, because of that. Did, yeah. it, did it tank? And he posited the question, did it tank because the weak, like, chunky kid who was a nerd on, 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 a, on an animated show wore a winger shirt or is it because their music was already out of date when they released their first album in like 1989 did, did art it's a little imitate bit of art imitating life because it was two art yeah players. or did life imitate art 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 so uh yeah you had your your those burnouts and then you had like the shithead dipshit skater type that was kind of where I fell into for part of the 90s the fashion was just so such a broad spectrum of weird shit and it's hard to just pinpoint the entire decade as one thing there's just so many different waves of shit that was definitely the grunge look was that was the deal which kind of led into the whole new metal shit which black boots and yeah weren't laced up at all hardly and that kind of flannel shirts and whatnot but then you forget about the late 90s where everybody's wearing the giant st- Levi's uh, or Lee stovepipes, oh my or god, Jinko jeans and shit yeah. like that. Which I'm thank which god. I never really saw a lot of that in Atlanta. I don't know why. I just oh don't, really? I, I don't oh. know. Maybe I was not going to this 
bright bars or something. I, I didn't. Or remember. you weren't in high school because that's where I oh, saw most okay. of the stuff. I mean, that's I would say that's and that's one of the things I wanted to get into about this this topic because you're around about 18 years older than me, yes. which is almost, you know, it's almost it's 20 gener- years. It's a generation. It's about generation. a generation. Yeah. You and I are the same gap as Portia and I, you know, about right. a, a year apart. I'm 19 years older than Portia. Right. So if you look at that as a pan-generational thing, we have different aspects of the 90s. Like, I remember shit from the 90s I'm sure you don't remember because you weren't sitting at home during the summers and watching TV like I was because I was a kid and you were a working adult. Name one thing that really makes an impression on you about that. You're, the thing you were just talking about, TV at home, something 90s. Do you remember the Cha-Ching commercial? Maybe. From rallies? From rallies? You guys have rallies in the South? I thought no, you did Rally Burger. No, we don't. Really? I don't think so. Maybe we do now. No, I definitely ate at one in the 90s in Tennessee because we went to a marching contest in Tennessee. Well, maybe they weren't in Atlanta. So, yeah, anyway. All right. It was a nation—I thought it was a nationwide campaign, but it was a guy that—it was so—is it ubiquitous? Like, where it's just everywhere all of a sudden? Yeah. It was so ubiquitous that I saw this— Omnipresent. This guy in the commercial was this redheaded guy Mm -hmm. who—I've seen that actor in a few other things, too, and I'm like, that's the fucking rallies guy. He goes, uh, they were talking about the savings. They're like, cha-ching, bada-bing, bing-bing. And this okay. guy was making all these goofy noises. And he's Which you can save when you go to rallies, you're saying. That's huh? a, yeah, you save money and go to rallies. Yeah, they're like 50-cent menu and dollar menu or whatever. And okay. then this guy did the cha-ching, bada-bing, cha-ching, cha-ching. And then uh, that became so ubiquitous mm-hmm. that you saw, I saw that shit on T-shirts at Walmart. Like, cha-ching, just on there. And it was just like okay. in a rally bird, like just shit like that. Okay. Or... Um, Four bucks, four bucks, four bucks. Do you remember that? Was that, wait, was that, what was, um, go ahead. Pizza Hut. Oh, Pizza had a $4 pizza, $4, like, 10-inch pizza. And it was, uh, they would order, they had a $4 menu. Right. Right? And then I remember one of the commercials, which I assume that you would remember, but maybe you don't because you weren't laying around during the summer because you were working. I wasn't working. Now, I remember the stock trading ad for (laughs) for eight bucks. What, do you remember this one? E trade, E trade. I think it I was. do remember that. Good. Yeah, guys are going to surgery and they're he's doing rectal See, surgery. That's, that's eight the, bucks, eight bucks. But I that's remember. the difference between someone who was say, <laughs> I'm doing uh, good my finance degree, 25 as opposed to 15. Right, right. And I, or rather, uh, 20. Uh, no, God, you would have been 35. Right. When I was like around, f- yeah, 13. No, uh, that's when anyway. I unknowingly had sex with a 17 year old. Yes, back in the 90s when you could do that and you can get away with that without being right. hashtag. In fact, they encouraged it in Georgia. Oh my God! <laughs> Especially if it was I'm your kidding. cousin. People, I wasn't a stalker. I wasn't doing anything. I was. She was. She whatever. I'm telling she you. She did not disclose fact, her age, and when she did, you ended the relationship. Yes, I did, and, and devastated then, the girl. And then when she left, I got fucking my my gut sank, and I was scared that she, she might. He broke yeah, my heart because and then she now was I'm get upset him. also and crying. I thought. Oh my God! Where is this going? Yeah, where is this? Is or is her father going to show up, or something? Right. Who I, who I never met. Yeah, obviously. I was I was like fearing. I was yeah. I was not happy. I, I get it. I'm like going. God damn it! I mean, I was also hanging out with underage girls, but I myself was an underage boy, so it was right. okay in the '90s. Anyway, uh, that the, was in the '90s. The four bucks thing, <laughs> the Pizza yes. Hut commercial, four, four, bucks, bucks, four bucks, four bucks, four bucks. I remember that now. There was the guy who ordered over the phone. He was like, "Yeah, I need a, I need a, uh, He was just throwing weird shit out there to try and trip up this chick. They kept saying four bucks, four bucks, four bucks, four bucks. She'd say it super fast. Oh, okay. And he goes, "Uh, need a medium pepperoni, medium extra cheese, medium this, medium that, uh, a stealth bomber." Da, 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 da. And then and so she repeated back, four bucks, four bucks, four bucks, half a billion bucks, four bucks, four bucks. Like 
<laughs> I remember these stupid ass commercials taking up space of actual real knowledge. Sure. Uh, but also, uh, there's certain, and it goes back to actually what we were talking about. One of the reasons why I really wanted to bring this up, and I'm glad you brought up about Willen. That oh, song man. is so important to you because it's a tie to your father. Yes. And you remember certain instances when you heard that one song. It's not very long. It's not even three minutes long. No, it's not. Right? And it's a kind of a cool song. It's too. a great song. Don't you song. think it's a great song? Oh, no, it's a fantastic song. It's not one of my just like, oh, songs. my father liked it. That's why I like it. It's also no, 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 a cool song. No, no, it's a great song. song. Like truck driving over the road. Yeah, absolutely. Your father probably liked that I song. I love that. And, and my stepfather, all the other truck drivers right. I know love that song. Right. And, and especially when I, like, I remember listening to that album when I was a little kid living in Tucson. And they mentioned Tucson to Tucumcari, yeah. both two places I've been to in behind the wheel of a big rig. So it's awesome. Because I was a truck driver kid. Yep. So that kind of shit I always thought was really neat. Or. Uh, listening to the Eagles song, uh, Take It Easy, they mentioned Winslow, Arizona. I've been to Winslow a thousand times mm-hmm. just because it's right there on I-40. So those things are cool. And so sure. the weird thing about how my brain is brain works, and I think a lot of people's brain works like this. They just don't talk about it because they think they're weird. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with being weird because being weird is what may, has made me more unique, and I don't like to step in line when it comes to certain things. So uh, I remember music based off of location where I heard it first or certain instances. Well, kind of like I like, did too. Like with I, this one song and the cellar door and then. Yes. And, and then the Apre Ski kind of lodge right, thing. And right. The, um, there's just a, if you go through a bunch of songs, like even one hit wonders from the nineties, I can remember where we lived because we moved around quite a, not quite a bit, but there, in the nineties I worked, I lived in probably six different houses. You could correct me if somewhere. I'm wrong, but it seemed like I'm probably wrong. It seemed like the '90s had it more than its fair share of one-hit wonders. That's just my perception. Well, I actually have seen an infographic comparing because of someone saying that, and oh. then comparing it to the '60s. And the '60s had like ten times the number oh, okay. of one-hit wonders. Be, and and mostly that's just because they would throw out a hit, see what 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 would catch, then they would throw out another single, and it was a dud, and then they just drop them from the record company, as opposed to what they do started doing in the '80s, which is doing albums. Gotcha, that became the gotcha. trend to do a whole album, okay. which all and, and you know releasing singles off the album. So they pay record company to pay for, and rather than back you know fifties and sixties, they would do a single. Mm-hmm. They would pay for you to cut a single with a B side, and that's why you bought a shitload of forty fives were available. Yes, back then. exactly. That's all you could yeah. do normally. Now Not in the nineties, it started to phase out. You, you, I remember buying single tapes. Oh the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy with shit! With like the instrumental version on one side, or like a remix version on one I never side, did or that. I, clean was, version on one it side. It was available, but I never did that. I never. I said I'm not going to buy just. I one did because they were like three bucks at Walmart. Three bucks, three bucks, three bucks. And those, and then I learned three bucks, three bucks, three bucks. <laughs> they were like three bucks to five bucks at Walmart or Kmart or Holy wherever shit, for one song back then. Oh my god! Sometimes one or two songs. Now you think about it, like oh. it's like God, that's a rip yeah, off. It is kind of a rip off. And that was money back then. Except that was a tape that if I didn't like it or I got tired of it, I would just put tape and over top of the it. tab and <laughs> record over it. Make so, your own little short mix. My, my own mixes off of the radio, which yeah. I've actually a few years ago I was in Ohio and found a whole bunch of those tapes that I made. And I have my record and play ready to go. Oh my god! Th- boom! There's the song. It was so bad. And sometimes and then you'd, you'd pray the DJ would shut the fuck up and not talk when the song is about to end. I'm so glad that the DJ. I'm so glad that I was just not. I'm so glad that a bunch of those mixtapes that I recorded off the radio mm-hmm. have that stuff because there's a ton of nostalgia. That's true too. And I remember them announcing shows that I could never in a million years either not only get a ride to because uh, there were no there was really no live music venues around where I, where I lived mm-hmm. 
and Dayton was 20 miles away, which might as well be on another planet when you're 14, mm-hmm. you know, 12, 13, 14. Right. But I went through and I listened to a handful of those tapes, and uh, I forgot how shitty the audio quality is on tapes. I know. Compared to what we're all used to. All the hiss and everything. Yeah. Oh my and God. not to mention that these are some of these, those tapes were, I mean, coming up on 30 years old. Right. You know, I recorded them, you know, say 93 to like 97 or something. And cars were full of them. Of course, I would A-track when I was younger, too, and they were, they were full of those. Then full of cassettes. You know, just, I mean, yeah, if yeah. you're a kid in high school, whatever, that shit's just floating around. It's in your glove compartment. It's in your console thing. It's yep. on the back floor. It's boards. It's I remember the- thinking that it, I was a hot shit because instead of having a CD book, I had the CD book. Oh, yeah. Like under did. under the floorboard, but yeah. I also had the frequent what I call, what I, I called it my uh, uh, current hits, mm-hmm. and it was like a sleeve. It, it was one of the ones that fits up on your visor, and you slide the CDs in. Oh, yeah. And it was like the ones the shit that I was into <laughs> right at that moment. I'd usually swap it out once a week. Yep. Just and I can remember like Porsche's mom, you know, when we were dating in high school, she'd go, "Ah, oh, can we sw- switch these out? I'm tired of listening to these CDs." Mm. And I'm like, well, "God, fine. I guess we'll listen to." The new Less Than Jake album or whatever. There was a, it was anyway. So yeah, but the the thing about the '90s and I know I catch a lot of heat from from people, but I I'm usually able to explain myself well enough. The '90s saw an explosion in the diversity of music. It did in the eight, did. when you think of the '80s and just popular music. I'm not talking about underground shit. I'm not talking about the fact that Nirvana's first album was 1989, so right. technically they're an 80s band. That's not true. Not really, yeah, no. Just because you're on the cusp doesn't make you... And, like, Pixies, one of my favorite bands of all time, they right. released Surfer Rosa in, like, 88. They're not an 80s band. They also were never a po- super hugely popular band until the end, like the middle of the 90s when they were about the time they were going to well, break Well, the 80s, up. you still had your hard rock and roll station, then you had your pop station. You had your pop station, right. and then that was kind of it. Yeah. Um... 80s hip-hop until until NWA came along in the late 80s. 80s hip-hop was mostly hokey-jokey shit, and it didn't have it didn't have the gravity. Now, were there underground rappers like there are now that, are re- that were really preaching about shit going on the streets? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But as far as MTV, MTV only had hip-hop on Yo! MTV Raps, like one hour a day. Yeah, it didn't Five really, days a it week. Wasn't it wasn't part of mainstream. It wasn't, wasn't mainstream. Yeah. yeah. But the, uh, my dear friend Dave Diaz from The Rivals and... Uh, whatever, and other bands. Dave Diaz actually said something incredible probably 10, 11 years ago to me that I just, it, it's always kind of rattled in my brain since that Dr. Dre's The Chronic was far more important to ex- the explosion of d- different kinds of music in the 90s than Nirvana, Soundgarden, any of any of those bands. I would say overall, yeah. Yeah, because it, their staying power, those are still classics. Yep. Now, are you know smells like Teen Spirit a classic in bloom? Sure. A- any of that shit? Any anything off of the uh, unplugged album from Nirvana? Yes. Sure. But they're stuck in their own little niche. People aren't starting up bands because they listen to Nirvana. They, there's they're not, not starting right up. Not right now. Yeah. That's just not happening. It's not yeah. something you look back twenty five years, thirty years on, and you go, I want a band that sounds like that. People do listen to the Chronic and go, Holy shit, this sounds incredible! For, this, this came out in '92. This like was it's a, thirty years old this year. More in the '80s about MTV when it got really rolling. I mean, you would go to, you would figure out whose house you'd hang out with on a Friday or Saturday night if you weren't going out somewhere. Who had cable television? Who had MTV? And then when it, when did MTV Yo MTV Raps come on? What what year was that? Mid '80s, '86 okay. maybe '87. I remember starting. To, you know, we, we didn't want to. Oh, it's fucked. We're not going to watch this, whatever. But then a couple times you would catch a little bit of it or a glimpse of it, and then you see. That some of these songs and then the women dancing. Yeah, it's like, oh, wait a minute, give it a second. Oh, wait a second. We can, we can look at this. There's, there's big booties going on. Okay, all right. Well, yeah, All right. How does she? What? 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 How did that happen? 
<laughs> and of course, I, you were a young male. Doesn't matter what kind of music this it, is. You're watching. I was kind of too young for that. <laughs> yeah. What I was around for was MTV's The Grind. Oh, jeez. Do you remember yes. the dance show? Yes. Oh my God! It was like uh, I can't remember how. Uh, oh God. Uh, I can't. I can't remember who it was that said it, but it said it was basically like a, a American bandstand with bikinis. Yeah, and that's what kinda, it was. Kind of true. Yeah. And I discovered a lot of cool music from that. And I was like, okay, all what, right, all what, right. What were those uh, live or on on site beach shows they would have? Oh, too? MTV Spring Break. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah those MTV were Spring huge. Break. Were, yeah, like they had one in Havasu in '93, and then again, I think mm-hmm. in '98 or something like that. It's in the '90s. From the '90s. Yeah, show, yeah, and I like I know Havasu was big because Biggie was there. Okay. So it must have been like '94, '95, something like that. Mm-hmm. Biggie was there. I know the Chili Peppers performed down there during, the, but they like had, where, where was this? Where like physically everywhere down there? It was like it, on I mean, in Havasu. It was like on the channel. But big where, where were the, where were the, the Chili channel. Peppers? Oh, a floating stage. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. So someone built a big. Oh, absolutely. I wonder yeah. If that, I, if that platform is still physically down there. I don't somewhere. think so. I'm, okay. No, they built I, it for I, these things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They, oh God, I forgot about MTV Spring Break. But then you had like the Spring Break edition of like Singled Out. Remember Singled Out? Right. Uh, you know what the coolest part of those though the spring breaks up was they'd always have interviews and stuff off to the side they'd be listening to music but they'd always have the well, the, the VJs talking to yeah, the artists and stuff yeah. I really enjoyed that part of it talking to them and how they got there and you know they, they wrote some I felt some pretty good questions definitely you know and then they definitely. would perform or something so. now when it comes to the dec- entire decade in music which is that's my controversial you know stance mm-hmm. is that and I'm I'm of course biased, but I try to be objective and look at any, uh, every other all other decades. So going back to night to, to the fifties, mm-hmm. the '90s had the most diversity in genres of music and just types of music on in pop on pop radio mm-hmm. of any other decade. And, I'm and not going to disagree with that until I really think about it. Yeah, like probably you, correct. It it, it, it it does it. It forces a conversation, but it also ends up pissing people off. I was like, fuck the '90s because they were like they're, they're '80s hair metal guys. All right, what would Chris Lay say? Because he likes to be a contrarian. No matter I what think happens. Chris Lay would agree with me. Okay. Honestly, I honestly for would. once, I think he would. <laughs> just yeah. because I well, you also there's once you really break it down, holy shit! Like if you took just like say 1995, mm-hmm. right? Say summer of '95. I remember the summer of '95. Right? See, I don't remember years like that specifically. And this is where my memory is re- strangely sharp when it comes to things from back then, and I don't understand because I've smoked a lot of dope. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, excuse me, I forgot I'm out west. I can't call it dope because that means people think I do meth. Do you know what I, I had to do? Of, you know, I you know how a lot of pot. Now I figured out what '95 is. You know how I how I had to I had to go through. How am I going to think when '95? Okay, what's the closest year I can remember of something happening? It's '93. You know what that was? The fucking Gulf War. Oh, okay, that, that's how I tagged it. Oh yeah, the Gulf War is '93. I remember that. It yeah. was. I thought it was 92 it was over. 91 to 92. Excuse me for burping in the microphone. Um, I swear it was 93. Okay. Maybe it was... I mean, I don't. I honestly maybe, don't maybe, remember maybe a lot of shit like that. Uh, now Joe's going to... Sorry, I have to sorry look it up now because now, now I'm doubting myself. Okay, now we're going to coast on the off-ramp for a moment because we were like on a, on a roll here. We're going to have to see when Gulf War... I thought it was... I thought one of them yeah, was... Yeah, August 90. 2nd, 1990 to February 28th, 1991. Wasn't there a second one, 93? No, there was a second one after 9-11. <laughs> after 2000. I get that. I understand that part. I thought, Never mind then. Yeah, Operation Desert Shield and, and then Desert, Desert Storm. And Desert Storm ended uh, February 28th, 90, 91. 
All right, so okay. anyway. God, I was two fucking years off. Yeah, that's okay, man. Like, I remember this shit because I remember the music and I remember what I was doing. Because I, I remember summer I, of 95. I was, I was living in South Carolina then. And then I came back uh, to Atlanta and, and ended up hooking up with the same, the woman that bought that South Carolina map. That, oh, that's yeah. That's actually an antique 120-year-old map. That's not a copy. That's an actual. Right. It probably still has a Civil War battle. I don't know what the fuck's on that map. Crazy. Anyway, um, so I was living with her. Then I remember that. I remember living in Buckhead. Okay, summer of '95. Let's go to the music. Got it. Tragic uh, Kingdom from No Doubt came out and just blew everyone's minds. Yeah, uh, especially free female fronted rock band, which at the time you only had. Yeah, and you didn't have high energy female front ladies, right, or front person. Yeah, I this, guess, this whatever would you want to call the, them. Uh, you didn't have be, um, No Doubt and Gwen Stefani. You had garbage. Yes, and you had uh, uh, the oh my the cranberries cranberries. Yes, thank you. Can you name anyone else? Yes, that are female fronted bands call that were huge, similar to the cranberries. People compare them all the time. The cranberries and God damn it, you know you don't know what I'm no. thinking of. Are you thinking of the Corys? Nope, 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 nope. So you that that was a that right there just blew people's minds. You're never going to come up with it, Paul. Let me move on. I wouldn't. I mean, no, let's let's. Think of another one. What's the, what's the British female uh, uh, headliners? They're all they all names like fucking Cinnamon and this and that. The God. Spice Girls. Thank you. They came out in '95. That wasn't a band. So I'm talking about an actual rock band. I'm not talking about pop songstresses. So the I'm talking about the Cranberry. The Bangles. Thank you. That's what I'm thinking of. The, the Bangles. Bangles are an '80s band. I know they were. They about? were. Yes, late '80s, mid '80s, late '80s. Yeah. But didn't they roll into the early '90s, or they were they were done? I I think they were done. That's who I was thinking. Yeah. Of. Sorry, I'm a half a decade or a decade. So, not, summer '95, you also had TLC's Waterfalls, which was okay. a fucking it broke all sorts of t- like top forty records. It was on the it was on the top Billboard top forty for like forty two weeks or something like that. The previous record was Janet Jackson. You know, you had things like this. So I remember this because that was the summer before my freshman year of high school. It was a big summer for me. Okay, I'm gonna be um, '91, '92, '93. Yeah, this is right after. Again, this is right after I was living with this certain woman. We weren't going out that much. We we were there were certain reasons. I won't get into it right now. But it was so. There's a couple years there in the early or towards mid '90s where I was not really dialed into kind of my a life. Homebody. Yeah, because you weren't terrible. And after yeah. that, I really got in. Yeah. I was like boom, rocketing into the mid or to mid or to late. Mid to late, mid to late nineties. Yeah, thank you. Go ahead. So yeah, the uh, you said TLC. Yeah, like the, just that summer. W- yeah. the, if you look at the the hits from that summer, mm-hmm. they're everywhere. Like it, you had you had Biggie and yeah. Puff Daddy starting to come up. You had Tupac that was like yeah. it that like getting to his peak. So you had you had the you had the hip hop game. I ninety five. They went whoop. There it is. Right. Yes. So you had their hip hop <laughs> that was huge. Thank you. And then th- these are all huge hits. So you had hip hop that was huge. Right. You had your alternative rock that was tag huge. team had a different version of that. Remember tag that? team. It was tag team. Tag and team did whoop there it is, and then, then I ninety five hoot there it is. I ninety five. They just capitalized on Correct. tag team. They stood on the shoulders of tag yes, team. Yes, they did. But that was that was in the night. I remember them. dancing those motherfuckers yeah. in Buckhead. Both of those songs. If I'm you, just pointing that. If out. you look at that. the top forty singles, mm-hmm. it was like five or six different, very very different types of music without like getting. Saying, oh, f- uh, female-fronted alternative rock bands, female-fronted this kind of rock. No, just literally just, r- like, alternative rock, mainstream kind of rock music, hip-hop, p- 
pop shit, tone R and B, black R and B, tone loke was way early on, not relevant to this part of the conversation. Then you have early nineties. Yeah, I know it was early nineties. I'm talking about the early nineties. Okay, now we're, we're trying to go I'm right sorry, in the middle of the nineties. Jesus Christ, will you bifurcating the nineties? Christ Almighty, it's like have, it's like I feel like I've got Alex Jones but liberal <laughs> on the fucking show right now. <laughs> Calm down, Alex. <laughs> I right, go ahead. We're in the mid nineties now. The, the waterfalls are turning the frogs gay. <laughs> <laughs> God. And Tone Loke was also not legitimate fucking hip hop. You're that's You're correct. Me, not, he was pop pop. He fell into that hokey pop, jokey pop. crap that was put out there right. to for say, the white people. Kinda, for, yeah, to make exactly. that shit approachable. Right. I, I mean, kinda. If you want, it, it, honestly, I, that's what I said. So, uh, but you, the '70s, you didn't have that. But also, you had your AM versus FM radio. So those were two very different yeah. things, from what I understand, just from what I've read. I wasn't alive in the '70s, but. I understand the concepts. And get even further back, you had, uh, in the 60s, you had your doo-wop stuff. You had the Beatles that were just genre-bending anyway, but were still four white guys not from the United States. Now we're going back to the 60s? I'm just saying, if you look at the different... Follow along, Keynes. I am. If you you look at the the, the 90s, and once the 90s were over, and you look at pop music ever since, the two decades since... Mm It was the 90s were kind of it when it came to just the sheer amount of types of music that were in, yeah. involved in pop culture. And then the, toward the tail end of the 90s, from about 96 on, mm. basically once Green Day's Dookie dropped, Rancid's self-titled title, or Life Won't Wait, and Out Come the Wolves, then you had Punk Ska, Punk Rock, Blink-182 were getting popular, Bad Religion got signed to a major label with a three-record deal, which was incredible because one of the guys started Epitaph Records, which was like the independent record mm. label of all time. Uh, so on and so forth, and the, the, your diversity just kind of crumbled to where it did. It, it, you got you had new metal, and you had quote unquote rock, and that was kind of about it. And then it was it, just gone. Doesn't seem a little bit based on this conversation. Really talking about this, and you are correct about all that. And looking back on it, that's what was going on. Doesn't feel like there should be kind of another little bit of a revolution, like another sound or well, something. There, I think there has been, but it's not. We don't rely on Billboard shit anymore. Right. It's, is your song popular on TikTok? Are you yeah. getting regular rotation on, uh, not regular rotation, but regular listenership? It's just marketed on differently on now. Spotify. So it's not the same. It's kind of not the same. You do have that diversity. You just have to dig harder for it. Mm-hmm. What I'm talking about is the spoon fed stuff from pop radio yeah. in the 90s was probably at its premium because you had actual bands that had two producers on a record instead of 40. Mm-hmm. And they were writing their own music and things like that. I'm not saying it was that was the best quality music. I'm just saying that there was a diversity out there. And folks that are from before that era and from after that era can't have that perspective unless they look at actual data. Right. And I guess I just remember it because I lived through it. And right. it was and it was my formative years. Let's uh, 19, uh, go back to 1995. I was 14 right. going into high school. The, the middle of the 90s was like the middle. It was like the, your, your f- midlife. Right. You know, like well, as I, far as I knew at that time. And I guess what happens like later 90s, right, early 2000s, that was kind of when indie rock kind of kind of got a foothold. It got... Um, it was a little bit later than that. It was like mid two thousands when I first okay. really noticed because I've always I've had a subscription or had up until they stopped getting rid of print stuff about ten years ago. I had a subscription to Spin Magazine, which I always thought was like the cooler version of Rolling Stone. Mm-hmm. I had a subscription to Spin Magazine f- since I was probably thirteen, maybe fourteen, until like I was twenty eight or so. So fi- call it fifteen years. I had a subscription. And that's when I started noticing, about 2003, 2004 is when I really started noticing a lot of indie stuff really becoming kind of, not mainstream, but just more popular with mainstream folks, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, like, 
And uh, honestly, for folks, uh, if you were, say, 16 to about 20, let's call it 30, 16 to about 30 in 2004, Mm -hmm. you fell in love with the Garden State soundtrack, which is like pure fucking indie rock. And I mean indie rock going back to like what they called college radio rock back in the 90s and the 80s and 90s. And that's where bands like Pixies and Bell and Sebastian and, Mm -hmm. you know, that the rock of Gibraltar, blah, blah, like all these, you can ad nauseum. But then you started seeing bands that were kind of put in that indie rock, like even further back, indie pop. REM kind of fits that category. Absolutely, so oh, 100%. college rock, kind of indie. They're sort a of college like. band, college rock band made good than just like pop. Yeah. Again, another weird thing. Like, do you think REM would have been popular in the eighties? No, they really weren't. No. They didn't. They didn't really take off. Other than being regional, regionally huge, some things take its perfect. It's timing. It's it's it is. it's, it's yeah. who you are and the timing. REM took off in the nineties. Yeah. Uh, who else was I just going to say? And I was that, that I was like, like a college like, indie kind of band. Yeah, Pixies is another um, one that, that those guys got huge in the nineties, but they were already big in the college circuit, selling out three and four thousand seat venues in the college circuit at college amphitheaters or the what are they called the auditorium? Yeah, but. We're never playing in clubs, uh, like big clubs, until or big venues or medium-sized venues until the '90s. Wow, honestly, and like, you know who it was? It was Kurt Cobain saying we basically just ripped off the Pixies, and people were like, "Who the fuck is that?" Right, right. And that was about '93, maybe, maybe. Yeah, because they were there. such a simple sound. You think about, do they just had three instruments? Yep, that's it. Same with Pixies. That was the whole thing. No, nothing really augmented. They, right. Just kind of fucking tune their shit and let it rip. Yeah. So that, that's why it's so popular. But then if you go later on, like I'm okay. uh, 95 was the same year. Again, to go back to 95, 95 was the same year that uh, 311 released their self-titled album, which they, they released two albums prior in the 90s that some people knew. Like I had heard, I, I'd listened to like a tape, like while we're skating or something like that. I'm like, who's this? They're like, oh, it's 311. I'm like, it's kind of rock and it's also kind of like hard rock, but it's also kind of reggae. Fucking these guys are from Omaha. Okay. That's I guess you can be cool and be from cornfields, which was exactly that. Three Eleven capitalized on shit that five, six, seven years later, Slipknot capitalized on because they're from Iowa, also from That's fucking hilarious. corn hoppers. But they're one of the most successful independent bands of all time. Yeah. So. If you look at like 311 releasing that album, that's another thing that's like that's they 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 don't even get defined in a genre. They just got put in in there with rock, but they were like alternative rock. But like, they're in the what? 311 genre. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so if you look at just the music from there, but then you get in to get deep into the, uh, and I won't even give it get into the politics of the 90s because I don't know enough about them. Mm-hmm. I don't. I remember. Saturday Night Live and who they made fun of. I don't. I I mean, I turned that, eighteen. That's one of the best ways to get caught up quickly on the politics. Just go back to SNL. Go back to SNL. Whatever go, oh, year you oh, need. That's right. <laughs> Ross Pro's ears were really that big. Can I finish? Can I finish? Can, can I finish? Can I, can I finish? I'm fi- all right. I'm finished. <laughs> you people. <laughs> you people just don't understand. I'm like, oh god. <laughs> he was right about a lot. He of was shit. right about a ton of shit. He's I, a businessman. He was one hundred percent right. Uh, I, in fact, I worked on his campaign when I was a kid. I didn't have a choice, right? Uh, mostly because it was like, oh, he's our family friends. They'll give you five bucks, and you can run around and pound signs into the into sure. the, you know. Which, by the way, I know you've done that kind of work. It's very easy where I grew up because it's uh, the soil is very soft. You just kind of push it in with your hands. That's exactly what we did as a <laughs> as a like a, an eleven year old. Just I'm having a struggle. I'm going to hold this up. I'm having a structural failure with my. I have to fix it. I'm going to hold this now. You're going to a structural failure of your microphone stand. Oh wow, and it's really. Okay, whatever. It's fucked. I have to 
I have to do something to that later. I'm just going to have to get some. I'm going to hold all like a single rock. I'm going to hold like a like a Pearl Jam. Yeah, you know, like uh, Eddie Vedder. Please enunciate. Sibilance. Sibilance. You're so ridiculous. I never actually sibilance. Peanut butter sandwich. Okay, switching gears. Oh yeah. So we don't exhaust our people. Yeah. I do want to mention, uh, I took, the whole reason I made my poor mother, who's eight, in 18 months, the previous 18 months she has survived, yeah. uh, a lumpectomy, a lymphectomy, uh, you know, full-on breast cancer, chemo, radiation, then had like five really good months. Hair started to grow back, everything was great, and then her hip started hurting, so she got a hip replacement, did it all in 18 months. Now, finally, she's getting around really well with a cane. She comes out to visit. The whole reason I forced my poor mother to come out to... Arizona in the summertime was to take her to see the Black Keys and Band of Horses. Yay. Two of my favorite bands of all time, which when they announced that tour that they were touring together back in February or January, I kind of cried and peed a little bit. I was so excited because I've seen them both like at multiple the same, times. I bet you were crying and peeing simultaneously. I was. I was. Simultaneously. I love how you invented a word. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, so... Oh God, folks! Paul's completely taken apart this mic stand. It's really it's okay, funny. It's like it, it's like watching Steven Tyler try to figure out how to use a smartphone. Uh, anyway, that needs maintenance. It's going to remind me. Got it. You just put. You're not even going to try and put it back together. Nope, not right now because it's All fucked right. up. Something's wrong with it. Okay, go. All ahead. All right. So, uh, my it was three generations of fellers depended uh, depended descended upon the MGM Grand Garden Arena, which for some reason I went there and saw. I saw Prince there with my dad when I was 17, and I remember it being gigantic. And I wasn't that much smaller than I am now at 17. So it's not like that perception thing. I can't figure out what it is. So we got really good seats. Like, Who, Who'd you go with? You and your mom? Me and Portia. my mom and Portia. Was there someone else you went with there or just not? Us, just us three. Okay. Now, we saw um, uh, Mike, mailman Mike and, and his lady friend, Tammy. Like oh, They were there, them? which was awesome. Yeah, we didn't run into them. I, Did Mike you know I, they were going to be there? Yeah, Mike and I bought the tickets the same day. Oh, then you probably knew. Uh, yeah. Uh, but we were we were down on, the, like, floor tickets because I dropped the coin. I just wanted to. Okay. I wanted my mom, after the all those concerts that we missed in 2020 and then again in 2021. Right. So many, like, the, an entire festival plus four more concerts that we just did not get a chance to go to because and all of her illnesses shit. and COVID and whatnot. And, it, yeah. So... I wanted to make up for it by taking my mom someplace where I knew she'd be comfortable, where she didn't have to walk very far, where she had a place to sit. Mm-hmm. And so we had floor tickets that had, the, like, the, the where the chairs are. You know, How the, the folding you? chairs. To the stage. 30 feet. Wow, nice. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it was incredible. And I will say this, and I, uh, I already, I've already reached out to him just to say something because I actually met the singer of Band of Horses at a sh- after a show years ago that I had to go to solo because the lady friend that I had at the time decided to cancel last minute so I went by myself which I I'm glad I, that. I, I'm glad I did yeah, uh, because afterward go anyway, anyway. Ben, ben Bridwell is the lead singer of Band of Horses and folks if you've never listened to Band of Horses just like just do it if you like rock music or any sort of newer country or even country rock stuff like the early Eagles Flying Burrito Brothers shit like that just check them out they're they're really really good anyway yes they are I uh I met their singer year, several years ago, um, actually sat down and played. I, it was a $5 minimum 
table, blackjack table, but I saw him sitting there after a concert, probably an hour or so after the concert, just sitting there, still in the same shit that he was wearing, a little sweaty, trying to get some blackjack in before the bus rolled out, I'm sure. And I just sat down, and they're like, oh, what are you cashing in? I only had a $20 bill on me, so I cashed. At a $5 table, I cashed in $20, so I was given four chips. <laughs> and uh, and he's like, hey, how you doing, man? Because he's from South Carolina. How, how y'all doing today? I'm like, Ben, I'm doing fantastic. And he's like, oh, shit, you know who I am? I'm like, sir, I just walked out of the, the show, and you just blew my mind. And got to talk to him from, for about an hour. Just nice. and, and about 20 minutes of that was maybe us talking about the band. Mm-hmm. The rest of it was just talking about fatherhood because he's got two kids and we both have daughters and this. That, it was very which is a good if you can have like a real conversation with these people because they're sick of talking about. Yes. Band. Now, granted, part of my, I wasn't like, oh, your music's amazing. Doing that whole thing. It was more like, man, I'm telling you, you you're I, I've been listening to guys so long. Your music has helped me through two of the most devastating breakups I've ever been in in my entire life, like life changing, life altering breakups and the death of my best friend who we, we used to listen to all the time. You guys all the time. And he got a little emotional. He's like, "That's why. That's why I write the songs that I do. That's why we put this music out there is to just to connect with well, other and, humans. That's and what they, we and do." And they have they have pretty big numbers of sales, obviously, and they they fill arenas, and so they they know. I mean, people come there. They don't fill arenas though. They're not that level of a band, which is why they were an opening act for the Black Keys. Okay, but now they'll sell out, say, a three thousand. That's see, thousands, like venue. though. Yeah, I don't of mean course. when I say yeah. arenas, that, that's that's a little bit wrong yeah. because that that like, means twenty thousand people think, or something. I think one of their records is certified gold. Okay, that's that. You know what I mean? Like that's they're they're mid level. But when you're an artist like that, in the music that they write, they they know they make a connection with people because that's why they show up to show. I mean, they know they do, and and they know that in the back of their mind, obviously, because people wouldn't be showing up if they didn't. Of course, song. Of course, but when you can yeah. sit down one on one with a conversation they weren't expecting, and then there's someone has a conversation with them and shares a little bit of a story it probably does mean something because it's like oh yeah i mean they know this but now they really know it yeah you know it's like that time i told it's not the same thing but kind of there's a glider that i have that i think is the most gorgeous thing ever as far as a flying machine goes and and i met the the guy it's an asw the w stands for weibel and gerhard weibel was at this one convention speaking on glider design or something and i happened to run into him in the, in bathroom. the bathroom i love that yeah story. and i knew it was him and I, I just told him what i had and i i bought it as a wreck and i'm rebuilding it because it's the most beautiful thing whatever it is and i've flown my father's and it's it is truly it has made my life more it's been more happy flying this aircraft the way it is has made my life better and it's made a difference and, you know whatever i said was better than that a little bit but he just kind of looked at me kind of funny because no one has ever really said it that way I, yeah. mean, I bet he was saying the truth people were like oh man i love your design but it's kind of on the surface a little bit the way i the way i phrased it it's almost like the thing i say you know he's doing what you're supposed to be doing it's right. obvious that that you have passion you're a smart engineer and you love shape and design and absolutely and, and you created it there it is you know and i convey that in a, such a way so anyway when if you can have this conversation with a band member like that. Yeah. And it's a real conversation. And the songwriter. Yeah. It wasn't just like the drummer who's... Right. I, I know he they're, they're all credited as songwriters, but I know sure. Ben Bridwell is a lead songwriter. Yeah. Mostly because a lot of the stuff he's written about, he's public about. Like, like he somebody shouted out to him on Saturday night, Hey, man, I love you, Ben. He's like, Hey, I love you too. I'm single, so come talk to me after the show. Like, he's just so... <laughs> your typical Southern boy. Like, you right. would just love him. So... What are y'all doing? What are y'all doing later on? Like, right. that... So... Let me tell you, this guy is he that that band is such professionals that their bassist 
tested positive for COVID the day of the show on in Vegas. That was the opening date of their tour with Black Keys. Wow. That lasts through like the end of October. Like a long ass tour. <laughs> oh God. What a bad omen. Yeah. But what did they do instead of playing their regular like hour long set that they were planning on doing? Because mm-hmm. they're an opening band, they don't get a full slot. Mm-hmm. They. He's he came out and honestly he. Uh, the singer came out with his guitar and he goes, uh, "Hey y'all, I just got to give an announcement. Uh, our bassist is in the hotel room with COVID. He's not symptomatic, but he's positive for it. He took three tests. Da, da, da. And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. What kind of weird shit are they gonna put together? I've been talking up this band. My mom's gotten into this band. I'm mm. like, she already loved the Black Keys, which I'll get into in a minute. But I'm thinking, ah, oh, fuck." What's going to happen? Is he just going to play like five songs solo and then go away? And what he ended up doing was he said, we've got our uh, guitar tech who's going to fill in on bass, and we're going to do a little bit stripped-down versions. And what they did is they played a bunch of old shit, including a couple songs. I, I, and I've seen these guys. That was my 11th time seeing Band of Horses. Mm-hmm. I, they played a couple of songs I'd never heard them play live, which was incredible to but me. You, that you were familiar with, the, obviously. The, yeah, that I already yeah. knew because I've been listening to those albums for years. Yeah. Uh, I literally got into these guys before their first like uh, full length came out. I I picked up a an EP of theirs at a concert where they were the guest special guests. They were the opening mm-hmm. band that wasn't even on the bill. Okay. And I was like, these guys are going somewhere. They're really fucking good. And I've been in love with them ever since. So what they did is they just played stripped down versions that are basically the same orchestration or composition as what was on an acoustic album that they did, where they did an acoustic set tour it was like two hour long 90 minute long tour and they recorded one of them they recorded all of them and the best one was the one that they recorded at uh ryman auditorium which is what is now it's now called ryman it used to be the grand Ole opry before they moved buildings to get an, oh. a newer building so it's ryman okay. auditorium in nashville okay so um and they started recognized it immediately but he, the first song he came out by himself and just sang a song called saint augustine which is very slow kind of a ballad and it's a beautiful song I've never heard them play that live. They play that, and uh, people would shout that song. The first show I ever saw them at, well, first show, like, probably 2010. Not the first time I saw them, but the first time I saw them after they'd released an album. They, uh, people kept shouting that song out, and he's like, we don't perform that song live. And then I found out later on that song was written by their original guitarist who died in a head-on collision. They never, ever played that song live. He played that song on Saturday, and then they brought out another band member. They did a duet, and then brought out another band member, and then the fill-in guy, and then they played like probably twelve songs, thirteen songs, and it was incredible. Yeah, it doesn't sound sound like a pretty good. It was thing a good. It was a good set. It, wasn't, it yeah. wasn't what I'm used to because the last time I saw them as an opening act was 2005. But it wasn't any anyway disappointment. Fuck no! It was. It yeah. blew my mind. That's why I told my mom afterward, like in between them and the Black Keys, I'm like, Mom. You got to see something, and, and Porsche, because Porsche and I have seen them before together. Mm-hmm. You guys got to see something truly special because they had to come up with a shit this afternoon. Right. And that's incredible. Uh, postscript to that, uh, yesterday, I'm scrolling through Facebook, and Band of Horses posted something on their page. And it was, it was kind of written in the vernacular of Ben Bridwell because he's a southern boy and just the way he talks. And I've heard that he handles their social media stuff because he doesn't want to farm it out to someone. And he said, uh, hey, y'all, just want to let you know that um, tonight's show in Salt Lake, 
the rest of the band is COVID positive except for me. So I'll be doing a truncated solo <laughs> set. And I was like, fuck. I felt so bad for him. So now the pressure is all on him because he was super nervous. You could tell he's a guy that doesn't like to do stuff by himself. He likes right. He likes the power of having the band behind him. And then he's the vocalist. Right. But then, folks, the Black Keys came out. And I don't care if you're a Black Keys fan or not. If you appreciate good live music, oh, my God. No, they're they're true artists. Oh shit! Which the first time I ever heard you say, "Boy, these guys are doing what they're supposed to be doing." Right. You said that about the Black Keys. Yeah. When Mike and I were at your house, we we're listening to them. Yeah. Holy shit! And uh, they just melted my goddamn face off and played for like two hours and twenty minutes. Which that's a lot of Black Keys songs. That is. But they also did the they did an album uh, last year called Delta Cream that are all uh, old. I, I remember when that came out. Northern Mississippi yeah. blues, yeah. very specific style of blues. Yep. Well, one of the guys on the album, uh, his name is Kenny Wood. No, Kenny Brown. I'm sorry, Kenny Brown, older guy. Well, what is like Brown? His, yeah, older guy, <laughs> mid 70s probably. They bring him out and they're like, hey. If it weren't for him, we would never have recorded Delta Cream. And they went through and played the entire album. And that guy, in the 60s and 70s, up into like the early 90s, was the slide guitarist for R.L. Burnside. No shit. And a whole bunch of blues masters. Wow. Holy, in- including Junior Kimbrough, which is who um, the Black Keys based their sound off of. Right. To the point where they did a Junior Kimbrough covers album. It was a Chula Homa is what it's called, which is a fantastic Grimy, just because so he didn't know that Delta, the Mississippi Delta, which I used to think was like the mouth of the Mississippi River, but it's not. No, it's north. It's north where these in between these two other rivers, right? Uh, or between the Mississippi and the can't remember now. Anyway, that's where blues apparently started. Right. Yeah, that's it. So that's where it's called. That's why it's Delta Cream. And it's uh, man, and they just murdered it that guy came out you'd think that i've never seen a, a slide guitarist play like that he was doing finger tapping shit like eddie van halen along with the slide and it was, oh my god like even my mom was like holy shit there are a couple times i heard my mom go holy fuck like just blown away that, by how good it was that's what's so cool because we're all used to traditional guitar like with strumming or regular picking or like lead guitar and then you got people that come around like who was the first guy that Put a something on his finger or did a slide thing. You know, someone was the first. Just guy a beer to do bottle, that. the right. neck of a beer bottle. Well, from what I look understand. at that. Oh. Like, yeah, and then that sounds cool. That's yeah, and then you get. The, I mean, that's what the true artists come in. They'll make whatever kind of noise out of the, and the guitar. It's yeah. an instrument. instrument. You, yeah, that's the whole idea, and that's what's so cool about that. That kind of those kind of. People it, I live. just I, and they had one of those big uh, light like video screen things behind them that a bunch of the visuals because you know they did that uh, record and was a 2014 turn blue mm-hmm. where they it was a lot of psychedelic type of stuff oh man they did that whole shit and I, like you had guys up there like they're backing bands and the visual behind them it's like i my mom at one point i was like do you feel like you're back in the 70s and she's like i feel like i'm i'm watching uh midnight special like a, for real, like on a, like, what the fuck? Right. So it was, uh, and, and those guys. I what I love about the Black Keys is that they'll always throw something out there, a handful of things out there for the fans, for like the old school fans. Sure. They opened up with a a, a song from I think it's from an album from like '06. Did you know Black Keys? They didn't really rise to prominence. Like they went from being like playing in 500, maybe 800 seat venues, and not even really selling them out. In like 2009 to 2010, when uh, Brothers came out, 
and then they just skyrocketed, tighten up, and mm-hmm. um, the fuck was the other single off there? They that they skyrocketed from there. Then they started playing arenas. Then they just then then uh, El Camino came out with Little Black Submarines and Lonely Boy, and like people are like, what the fuck? Which gave them money to do the cool shit that they've done since then. Right, and my family. Not to sound like too, like a total hipster family, we kind of are. My brother was in a jam band in high school, and he kept pushing the black keys on me early on. I'm talking when he was like a sophomore, so 06, 07, hmm. like 15 years ago. Like I wonder how and he kind of discovered them. If he discovered them because him and his buddies were all into the jam band circuit. Like any any mid-level or low-level jam band came through within 30 miles, 40 miles where they lived in Ohio. They would go and see him, I gotcha. including camping out to get tickets to go see fish and shit like that. So, sure. like, uh, my brother kind of broke the Black Keys to our family, which was incredible. And my mom even said, "My that first song they came out is Your Touch, which is I from, I, I can't remember the name of that. Uh, it's a grimy, hits hard, very fast kind of song, and it's just one of my favorite jams by them. And my mom, that's when my mom stood up out of the chair and was dancing along to it, which was incredible to see. Mm-hmm. And she's like, Sean used to have this CD in his Jeep Cherokee when he was in high school, and I used to listen to the hell out of it. I'm like, oh, my God. I just, Which I love that. That's sure. fantastic. Yeah. So they threw shit out there, and you could just kind of see the rest of the crowd like, what the fuck? Now, I also got a couple people, like a handful of people that were in, because we were sitting at the front of one section, and then there was one section of like 10 rows in front of us that were all seated, like uh, folding chairs. Mm-hmm. We were at the end of one side. It was called the Access area and it's where you can pull out a chair for a wheelchair if you wanted to or people that need extra leg room like the guy sitting next to me was like six seven okay and so that and i bought those tickets for my mom to be comfortable and and me too you mm-hmm. know and so um during band of horses because they played a bunch of old stuff and i knew every word to every song hands down piece of cake like i'm singing in my truck right and there's like people in front of me that kept turning around like looking at me kind of weird and like one guy was like nodding and like, gave me like a thumbs up and I'm like okay because I was I knew I was one of the, probably maybe 20 people in that audience that knew every word to every mm-hmm. song of Band of Horses because I'm a fan I'm a huge fan hopefully I mean they weren't annoyed and with you were they no no no, no no they were just kind of shocked because there's all these people around they're like what the fuck he knows all the words to the opening band I'm like <laughs> this is not just an opening band for me as far as I'm concerned it's a co-headlining tour fuck right. the Black Keys if that's, they want to <laughs> really I mean Band of it, Horses is that popular they me. are that popular I yeah. know that, but they were still an opening band but I will sure. cling to the fact that it's a co-headlining tour yeah. so anyway the Black Keys and then of course they they're like, thank you, we're the Black Keys from Akron, Ohio. And then they just leave the stage, and, and Portia leans forward. She's like, oh, the encore. And I'm like, yeah, the encore, just not fooling audiences for 50 years. Right. And my mom started cracking up, and she's like, yeah, but nobody does an encore like the Who. And I'm like, what do you mean? And she goes, when I've, I, every time I've seen the Who, they did like four different encores, and you never knew because they would do shit like shut off the the – uh, shut off the stage lights. Right. Turn, turn on the house the, house, house the lights house on, lights. and people start walking out, and they'd be like, "Hey, where the fuck are you guys going?" And they would go three more songs. <laughs> like that's incredible. Right. Then they came out with and did an encore and, and played another two songs and just. But I'll tell you that when they were playing the stuff with that that uh, slide guitar guy, they brought out and played that whole album. There were these blues slide blues jams that were like eight, nine, ten minutes, three songs all put together and you never you you couldn't tell you're like oh shit this is a different song and it just just ran right into it like you're at a juke joint right and it was just incredible that's where i'm gonna be a juke joint yeah me too we got jeremy's juke joint we do have jeremy's juke joint i wonder i wonder how much the black keys would charge to play jeremy's juke joint they might just do it for four or five hundred bucks yeah right let's do it 
Yeah. Every time I go to a show like that, I'm like, I wonder how much it actually costs to book them. Well, I, I looked, uh, like Band of Horses. If I if I wanted to get them to play uh, Blackbridge, they'll fly out. Right. Eighty five thousand dollars. Well, there you go. I'm like, we'd have to sell tickets for like a hundred bucks a piece and well, not even come close. It, yeah, it wouldn't. It would not pay no. for it at all. Uh, years, several years ago, I looked into getting the Dropkick Murphys, and they were cheap. They were only like eight thousand. Mm-hmm. Eight thousand to come and play Blackbridge. How cool would that be? Now you could do that and not lose money. No, you know, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, it was an incredible show. And then I, I did something after the show that I'm. I just was like the nice little cherry on top because you know, mom. There was a lot of walking, and me and Portia were both tired. But my mom, obviously, walking with a cane, she had to rest a couple times. Yeah, she just there. had her surgery not that long ago. Yeah, right. Then, you you know, know, and uh, having a bad hip and one leg yeah, means you're favoring knee, the other leg, and she did damage to her up. knee yeah. exactly. Right. So pretty soon she'll be part Terminator, and that's fine. Hopefully she doesn't become self-aware. <laughs> so anyway, we get out to like the Uber ri- slash Lyft rideshare whatever pickup area that's mm-hmm. down in the parking garage. And she's sitting down waiting, and I go and order it. And I was like, all right, he's three minutes away. And my mom's like, how the hell are you doing that? And there's this whole line. I'm like, you'll see. And I got us an Uber uh, Uber XL or mm-hmm. Uber Black that nice. was a uh, <laughs> an Escalade. It was nice. a black Escalade. This guy pulls up, and he's dressed nice. And he goes, are you Joe? And I'm like, I am. Um, he goes, how many people? It's just me and my, my daughter and my mother. My mother has a cane. She's having trouble getting getting around, but she can get in and out okay. Do you have the step? And he, and he opens up the door and goes, and just like your like transformer truck, right. step comes down. Yep. And then he pulled out another step stool, and he grabbed her cane and grabbed her hand and helped her into the car. And I'm like, ah, that's what you get. Yeah. That's what you get when you pay that extra. Because it was like fifth, It's not that much more. Well, $15 to wait 45 minutes or $45 to, to not wait now. for three minutes, in, and I was in, okay. In, in and comfort, in total in comfort. A, exactly. Get it to where you pay for first class. Absolutely. And yeah. that guy was just so cool. And he's like... I like. He even told me on the ride there. I I have a lot of respect for you, young man. You took your mother and your daughter to the same concert, and you got them a ride home in an Escalade. And I'm like, that's true. We're ballers. Nice. We're white trash, but we're ballers. It's a good night. It was a good yeah, day. It was, it was a, a great concert. fucking. It really was. And it was. And you just got to a, see your mom. She yeah. hung out with you at your house, which you're at now. Yeah, mom stuff. had a great time. Man, daughter came just, up. It sounded like a but a perfect week almost. It really was. It yeah. really was. Until yeah. we had to deal with a hotel on Saturday night, which is something I'm not yet at liberty to discuss because. Uh, there's uh, a lot of things pending. I will say this, folks. I will 100% endorse getting an American Express Platinum card and book any sort of travel, anything on there at all times because they will refund your money if you are not 100% satisfied for with what you paid for, especially after the shit we went through. But we're going to save that for another episode. Wait, who? Okay, yeah, I, mean, I would like to know that. Like, who has the, the Platinum card? I card? do. I didn't know you had a Platinum. Yeah. Yeah, I just got it. Okay. I've been working on my credit for about a year. Uh, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. It's nice having a credit card that's metal. Yeah. I, honestly, and I'm I'm just I'm I feel like I've made it as an adult at 41. Well, they charge more for those per year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the annual but the, the the annual fee is $700. Right. It's 6.95, whatever. And there are ways you can take advantage of it and and not have but it hurt so bad. Absolutely. Well, yeah. and the other thing is too like you can pair it up with other you you get travel points on it, but you can Oh, people are going to... This is a snooze fest. There's travel points you earn and accrue mm-hmm. with American Express Platinum. Plus, it opens yes. up those different... The lounges and shit like that. Right. W- the big kicker for me was it will... Uh, you can add... F- you can accrue frequent flyer miles that and put it toward whatever airline credit card you want. 
without having an airline credit card, but you can only do one, and they have to have an American Express of that airline card. So Southwest, Delta, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hawaiian Airlines has one, so mine's all directed toward that. And I just, in the past two weeks of having that card of fueling up and this and that and the other, I'm already at a free upgrade. Uh, oh, nice. To, uh, from economy to higher, the higher-end business class, which is not quite first class. Nice. But I'm like, holy shit, for, for round trip. I'm like, get yeah. the fuck out of here. And, there, and, so, and then it's even more if like you, um, like I were to book direct, instead of going through Kayak or, or, or any Hotels.com or anything like that. Travelocity. Travelocity, any of those. If you go directly to the airline or the hotel and book that way with the card, you get all sorts of other travel points and this and that and the other. Yeah, and so more they're, protection. They're, they're worth it if you do it like that, like you're saying. Uh, enterprise, rental car, any, any of the yeah. rental car agencies, you're yeah. covered. You don't have to pay for the extra insurance that's covered with your Amex Platinum, which is right. if you rent a car more than, say, twice a year, that right there is just worth it because right. that insurance is 15 18 bucks a day, sometimes 20 bucks a day, depending on the car. It also depends. I think on my – because I have USAA. I think they pay for it yeah. automatically. Yeah, but, I've, I've heard of that as well. USAA, but, and there's another – bank like like a couple f- like f- certain federal credit unions will do, do that the as same well thing. but like i said if you if you take advantage of it like like you are and you're going to do these upgrades that you were going to would want to do anyway then it's worth it if you just have these cards like a lot of people do and they don't really take advantage of it then it's not worth you're just pissing right. money away yeah but, but you're using it to to your advantage yes and that's the whole reason i got it and yeah. i'm not spending it on anything other than travel and fuel and that's it and just paying it off there you go uh, yeah. yeah but uh anyway should we take a break? Yeah, let's take a break, folks. I, I thank you for listening to us. We will be back.
lubrication. Paul, that's the key to Paul's uh, success when it comes to this uh, mic stand. That he I, was d- I didn't with. spit on it because I don't have any other <laughs> lubrication. My God! But I took it apart. It's not the backseat of your Monte Carlo. <laughs> cleaned it up a little bit and found some rough edges on the thing and put it back together. So I'll just I'll put it back together. It's working better now. This needs some lubrication. It'll be just fine. Good. Maybe some Loctite. No. No. Lubricate. It's the opposite of that. It needs the the <laughs> the it needs the threads are binding a little bit. And if I had a little bit of proper lubrication. Well, thank God. Oh my God, Jeet is. Uh, oh, that guy. Anyway, I have a serious topic. Put your iPad down. Go ahead. I'm, I'm watching the 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 rain. The not, rain. The, not the rain come not here. come here. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, go ahead. So that's all. Uh, I, that's all I have is the. I know it's tough for you. But it's something that I'm about to deal with, and probably sooner rather than later. And I hate that. But as I spend an entire week with my mother, I'm noticing that you know we're all aging. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm starting to consume some of the same daily supplements that my mother does, and I'm 41 and she's 60 something. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. Um. The m- most people live long enough to see their parents pass. And none of us are always prepared for it. That's the way normally that it is, yes. Um, my folks, including my, my stepfather, my biological father, my mom, they're, they're all three still alive. Your stepmother is the only one of your, you know, your of that, uh, well, and your, your sister, my obviously, but of your sister. parents that is still alive. Yeah, your I've biological lost, mother and your father. Any grandparents, any other great grand, that's it. My father, step, and mother, yeah, they're all, it was, um, it was, Whatever. I have a lot of personal stories about seeing all that shit happen. Was that rain? No. Outside? No. I don't know, but we're that, that's not the so, topic at so hand. So sorry. Um. Uh. Yeah. It was. You are. I guess some people could be prepared for it. I don't know. But then seeing my mother get sick the way that she did, and my father, where he had both different cancers, kind of before your eyes, within a handful of not many weeks. Um, it's fucking rough. It's fucking yeah. rough. You, you you never get it. You it you never get over it. it and, it's it's like in a completely different chapter. It's like that's a hard. It's like not a chapter. It's like a like a, if a, many chapters are broken up into into sections of a book. Yeah, whatever they are, it's a section. Yeah, so when they're dead, it's like it's a you are a different life. You can't talk to them about no matter how old you are. You want to talk to your parents sometimes about stuff. Absolutely. When that, your when accomplishments, that, when that, hey, look what I finally did. I've been talking about this since I was a kid. I finally did this. When that shit, I would talk to my mother more on the phone, and I, but my father lived closer to me, but he and I would email a lot because he was always working on something behind his computer. He would have his computer in his shop working on his yeah. airplanesies and shit like that, and so we would communicate a lot that way, and, and it was... Anyway, that's not what you want to talk about, but yeah. Well, what I was getting at is that it, how we're, none of us are completely prepared. No. But it also, whenever you one, of, one or more of your parents has some sort of a health scare, you want it, 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 you should, it should kind of scare you into, not scare you into, maybe jump you into, you know what, this is not guaranteed, and tomorrow's not guaranteed on this earth, and we really need to cherish the ones that have taught us along the way. Yeah. And it's the past week, actually the past 18 months, just like all the things my mom's gone through, really, really made me realize I need to create a, a shit ton more memories with my mom and with my dad. May, figure out some things, you know, uh, between my stepfather and I and all that. And I was just kind of wondering, I know how you dealt with your, your father's death and it hit you very hard because you didn't get that chance. He didn't right. get the chance after he got sick. He didn't get better. Right. 
he passed. And it sounds like the same thing happened with your mother. So you didn't get those that chance of, oh, shit, this is a wake-up call. You right. know, my mom surviving breast cancer luckily was found early enough that she is a survivor now, which I will say this. There's a lot of people that out there, and whatever your process for dealing with that kind of that kind of healing and whatnot, there's a lot of people that try to make their entire life about I'm a cancer survivor, right. and then they 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 no longer have a personality. That's their personality. Right. I'm so glad that my mom's not like that. She's like I'm not gonna wear a bunch of pink ribbons and shit like that. That 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 like I'm I'm fortunate and I'm glad that I'm a survivor because a lot of people didn't, and I've lost a lot of friends over the years. Yeah. And. I'm just glad, and that my, to what my mother said was that it sped up her wanting to enjoy the rest of her life, and I like that. Well, good and for I, her. And for, I, and for, yeah, it it kind of caught. Well, my mother was a little bit slower. Kind of caught my father by surprise. I think when it happened to him. In fact, it was pretty quick for him, and so he didn't have a chance to do. I think. If, I think if he would have rather he, I think he was okay with passing away, but I think it really kind of snuck up on him, and he fought it pretty hard, pretty quick. Yeah, and he thought he beat it but it came back with a vengeance like a lot of cancers do and i think it kind of cut him off at the knees like holy shit yeah and didn't really have a chance to take a deep breath and kind of have it like he kind of wanted to be i think and that i think that was shocking to him in a way probably if i had to bet if he were here now and and could relive it you know but there are yeah and it's it is nothing prepared prepares you for it it is when you're alone when after both your parents are gone if you're not close to, I didn't have, you know, I had closer friends in Atlanta when all that happened, but it, when you're really alone and can't reach out to your older, wiser people, my mother was pretty wise in her way, and my father was fucked up in his ways too, but he was also, if I needed, if there were certain topics I needed to talk to, he would, he would get cut right to the chase. Right. He would give me a hard time about certain stuff and kind of the father-son thing, and that's fucked up, and you shouldn't do this and do that, but if it really got really serious about whatever the topic was, he would know, and he would just, that would that bullshit would stop, and we go right to the serious mode, and that stuff's gone. And when you're alone, it's, it's, it's fucking weird. Yeah. I got to tell you, it, it, that was, I don't think I'm still really recovered from it. There are things I'm doing now that I think my parents would go, holy shit, this is really fantastic what you're doing. I'm not doing this for them, I don't, I don't think, but it'd be nice for them to see more of, of, what, course. of what I'm yeah. doing. Um and, like uh, I'm just glad. That's what, another reason why I'm really glad that I had a kid young. Yeah, because they are my parents. You know, all of them are going to be able to see what the the amazing accomplishment that that my kid's going to you know their, her accomplishments. Right. That wouldn't have happened if I would have quote unquote had her at the right time, like a lot of my friends did and my peers. Right. You know, married, financially secure, things like that. But I went through all those tough times, and and so did my ex wife. You know, we we all, we struggled a lot. And uh, but I'm still grateful that we had the kids, uh, a kid young enough uh, that everybody got to see it, you know, right. and, and all that. So yeah, and no, that, that, Portia had a great grandfather that she got to see. And that's kind of a normal way that things happen. And that's for my life. My sister's she had kind of a screwed up marriage and her situation with her daughter wasn't the best. And I haven't had uh, I am not going to have kids. It's just the way it is. You know, it, it never worked out for me the way that I wanted. I imagine certain things, you know, I. Uh, you know, people always kind of think how things should be. You know, I thought by the time I was 35, when I was 35, I thought I'd find maybe the right person about then and have a kid before, right before I was 40. I was thinking all these things when I was in high school. These are about the, I was laying it all out like probably women do, you know, but in different ways and different reasons. God, you know? I wish I would have been that 
forward thinking in high school. Except, it, except because of all that, I think maybe the, I, there were people that I denied relationship possibly. But fuck, I don't think I can handle. I I just don't think I'm built that way. I really don't think. And I'm sincere. I don't think that I'm built for a long term relationship. And it's not because I would fail the relationship, you know, and run around somebody or do the wrong thing with them. I just don't know if I could. I don't know if I'm built for it. I have a hard enough time saying goodbye to my silly, loving poncho cat, you know, and I'm still going through it all. I don't know how anybody can go through a death of a child or something like that. It's It's got to be the worst thing you can ever... It, the, I, it would literally probably kill me. The prospect of it, of, of something like that, is terrifying, and no one really, truly knows what it's like until you're a parent. Right. And, and then, you, and, you really... Because it's every single time my kid leaves from Tucson, I'm, like, tracking her on my phone. Is she okay? Holy right. shit. Why is it taking her so fucking long to get like that? And I try not to be up her ass about it. Right. And I would do that. But it's the concern. And it's that it's anytime it's like traveling, especially between Wickenburg and I-40 on on 93, because that is such a deadly fucking road. We've all been on there. And I was on there not that long ago. There was a fatality, a decapitated woman. Yes. A hundred yards from me. Which so you have that thought. And then uh, but but it's good that you know that about yourself. It's yeah, good because I, there's so many people out there that shouldn't be parents that are. I, and I, I guess it's possible that I would have met someone a little bit different and we would have had kids. Probably wouldn't have come here if that were the case. Um, and who, how, who knows how it would have been? Maybe it would have straightened things out in my head. I don't know. You know, I, I still don't think I'm prepared to have kids. And maybe I'm never, maybe my brain isn't, isn't fit for it. I think I do pretty well around younger kids and show them things and yeah. let's go flying and try to talk about stuff to if they have questions about. Well, you're, things. You're, 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 the way you speak to children is very similar to how I always spoke to Portia and her friends is I didn't treat them as little kids. Right. Because they were teenagers, right? Right. Say 11 to 17 or 18. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're not kids anymore, but they're not quite adults, and you don't need to talk down to them. Right. And that's what a lot of adults do, and I was clued into that by a couple of Portia's friends when they were in high school. And and one of them recently because you you started because I, you did a little bit and then they kind of corrected you or something you're saying or you said you you said Porsche's ki- friends you were they were dressed you on this or something you said something. no I like I asked uh, well was specifically years ago when she was in high school with one of her friends and I was like because uh, she's like she's like Mr. Dad you're like the coolest parent I'm like really why is that she goes well you you never talk down to us. Okay, I got gotcha. you. You might just kind of shake your head and laugh when we do dumb shit. And how and, old were they and at then that point? Fifteen to seventeen. Okay, so 15, I, 16. there was a, a a girl. I was gonna say a female person. Oh my god, a, a girl, a daughter of somebody. Because I that's I'm not a doctor, but that's how it works, right? Right. They're a daughter of somebody, typically. <laughs> okay, so uh, and uh, I think she was about ten. I have no idea what we're talking about. It may have been aviation. May have been something with space to aviation. But I said something, and I made kind of a a stupid comment. I knew they knew a little bit about space or something, and I said something about black holes or something. I, I don't remember what it was, but they came back and said that's really stupid, or something like that. And I and I it really jerked my chain. It was like, oh, you are you that is dumb. In my mind, a ten year old person normally may not know these things. Right, I talk about it a certain way, but they were way ahead of that. You know, so rather than I, I, what I learned in that moment was rather than assuming someone doesn't know, maybe start out a little bit uh, ahead yeah. and see if they know that and then dial it down a little Absolutely. bit. But I, I started out lower than what they were capable of. And they yeah. went, 
Really? That's 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 what we're going with. Almost like that's what you think of me or something. Not quite, but that's what I felt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I could just I could just hear it in their voice. Like, yeah. Oh god. That you're kind of talking down to them. It's a stupid. But thing that to also say. comes with experience and and being around other people's kids and and things things yeah. like that. But like I I don't know like I've always seen you be really um, you you're professional and you speak to children like like they're small adults, that and that's that usually gets better reception than, well, you kids back in my day. Right. It's never, I never ever try to be condescending about oh, that shit. Oh, I've never done that. It's always, it's hilarious you guys still do this shit. And they're like, what? I'm like, eh, 1993, when I was 12 years old, I was doing the exact right. same dumbass shit. And they're like, really? And like, oh, well, yeah. And it's true. But that- like other parents wouldn't say that. Like they would, they would try to act like they don't have their own demons and dumb shit that they right. did when they were younger, and that's one of those things. But like, and I feel some, like I got that from my mom some and of my kid, dad. Some of the kids that are, let's say, ten or twelve, that actually have access to the internet, like they all of them do, on some level. A lot of them that are sharp are going to learn things on their own kind of quickly. So they're going to, on average, the ones that are kind of working at it or or intelligent or give a crap a little bit, they're probably going to be smarter than we were when we were 10 years 100%. old. 100%. Because they have more shit that they can look at and yep. figure out and talk yep. about. I agree. So, got to keep that in mind when you're and talking. That's, and that's something that Portia brought up about, uh, she goes, you know, the older generations want to talk about the younger generation being too connected. And there's some truth to that. But we also know how to communicate uh, non-verbally mm-hmm. better than other pre- than prior generations. And I was like, I never thought of it like that. Like if it if you look at long form messaging like instant messaging, that's like very quick letter writing. It is, yeah. If you look at it, you know what I mean. It's electronic letter writing, so like you have to get a thought across quickly. And 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 even going back even further under a certain number of characters because you know that's how that's why uh, Twitter uh, Twitter was at 140 characters because right. it used to be done via text message. Yeah. You texted. Twitter, yeah, right, and the text message, the limit was 140 characters because it was before iMessage and, and, and all that. And then they doubled it later. Uh, or right, yeah. exactly, once that was no longer an issue. Yeah. So I thought, I was like, child, that is fucking, I, I love that my kid has grown up to now to where she can teach me things about her generation that gives me a different, a different opinion, and right. I love that. Here's what's also funny, though, too. I saw a picture where someone said, the kids these days are have their noses in their phones. Okay. True. Well, I do too, and so do you. It's not the kids these yeah, days. Yeah, it's not just the kids. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Anyway, so but there was a picture. There was a meme of it, or whatever, and it showed all these kids at a in a uh, bus or something with their faces like their phones. Well, then it had a split thing. You can imagine where this is going. Maybe it was a split view of a black and white picture. Yeah. Of of these businessmen in New York City subway or looking something. at the, the newspapers or every something. single one. Everyone, it was seat was occupied, and everyone had a newspaper open, yeah. and they were looking at it, reading. Yeah, and you, no one was in, in engaged with each yeah. other at all. It's the same thing. Yeah, they're looking for information, right? It's Maybe, the same thing. It's it's so they might be texting back and forth, making fun of Julie's sweater that they saw or some shit like that. Right. But they're also looking at information too. They're also not. I know a lot of young kids that want information. Yeah, you know, it's just not. They be don't any, like not knowing about something right so it's it, we're not that different we're still human beings yeah for we, sure we seek knowledge we like new things yes that's a, that these are toys in the in the baby crib you know that are dangling above your head yeah. it's always there's more that's better kind of thing it's it's part of your lizard brain all right that, that to, so just to close it out oh i'm sorry now we really we kind of got shifted but it was about you want to have more experiences with your go out and have more experiences with your parents, folks, and, I, and I anybody that you're yeah. friends with that are older generation, because there are some people out there like yourself, Paul, right. who can't do that. 
Well, and if I, you had, if I had to go back, I would have started becoming a little more, f- bit more financial, financially stable earlier, and been able to make, f- you know, fly my folks wherever I'm living, or like do a destination thing two sure. or three times a year instead of once a year. And you know, and a little private story with me, I it was planned out. My father was in good health when I moved here. You know, and if I could, I thought about this just the other day, Joe, on my own, just thinking about stuff. Uh, I thought. If I could wind the clock back, if I if I knew he was going to get sick when he did, I wouldn't have moved here. There's no fucking way, right? Because it would happen pretty quickly after I got here, so I would have stayed there and spent more time with him. Yes, yeah. But the plan, and he knew it too. The plan was I would come here, I would get established. He would come out here, and we would fly gliders together in the Southwest. That's what we were going to do. It, we, we rode back and forth. We'll come out there next year. We'll do this. We'll figure this out. Da da da. And then he started getting sick. That was what wiped and out. Life so, had other plans. Right. While so you I, were making I plans. got ripped off. I felt. I felt I got fucking ripped off. You know, because we had this plan. But everybody does, right? Shit happens to everybody. When you're a lot younger, you can lose your parents or your kids, or tragedies happen, like these things we see in the news. You know, to that take young kids out. Holy shit! I, yeah. I can't. But I couldn't be one of these parents. You know that 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 were involved in the shooting or some shit at a school. I just, yeah. I I, I don't. One of those fathers had a heart attack a handful of days later and just died. Yes. He was like in his he was like forty years old or something. Probably out of just in fucking grief. I mean, seriously. It's a it's a happened. real medical it's a real medical thing. It's called Takatsudo Takatsubo cardiomyopathy. Well, also known as it's also known as broken heart syndrome. It's where your ventricles get enlarged and then your heart can't pump anymore and then you just die. I think that's what it, it happened. happened. It happened. They call it broken heart syndrome because that's usually where it comes from is yeah. elevated cortisol levels from some sort of tragedy happening. Usually right. it's a death of a spouse, death of a child, something like that. And in his case, it was a death of a child. It was so, so that, terrible. So then you start feeling a little bit guilty and that kind of crap, you know, of, of why did I move? You know, I shouldn't have moved. You know, you had nothing to do with it, obviously. It's, it's just the way Yeah, it is. but it's it, you, I, we always look back on certain things and go, shit, I should have done this. So now I, that's where I'm, like, trying to preach that to people. Like, spend as much time with your with your folks or your yeah. elders, whoever it was that helped raise you. Spend as much time with them as possible because it is it, it is finite. And, and as much as you might disagree with them on certain things, because we all have been there, right, with arguments and stuff like that, when they're gone, you don't you don't remember those times. That's you, it. You don't. You don't. Yeah, you right. forget all that shit. Yeah. Like, oh my god, I can't say hi. I can't. I'm. They're never gonna. I'm never gonna sit in their couch again. They're never gonna be in my car when they come out and visit me. Yeah. And they're gonna look at this airplane. My father never got to fly in 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 my Cirrus. Yeah. You know, never. That was gonna be the thing where we're gonna. I was gonna. When he came out here, that was my plan was to fly the Santa Monica Airport. If you remember this, that was yes. my and land there. That was where he learned how to fly. I was gonna. Because it was full circle to me. It's like we're gonna, I'm going to fly him in that airplane that I rebuilt because of him and land at the airport he learned how to fly in Southern California. Yeah. And then he got sick. And you never got a chance to do nope. it. Nope. Which is why we should all. I think about that. Immediately go and do stuff. Yes, sir. Make plans. There you have it. With what is people, it? Uh, John, John Lennon. Life is what happens when you're uh, busy making other plans. Yeah. So even with just loved ones also, your parents absolutely family members but for sure just people you really care about yeah just tell them you care about them yeah and why that's simple that's perfect all right that's all i got me too all right folks have a great week yep